Welcome back to the world-famous GDP Go Deep the Podcast, where we share our opinions like we have a clue. You can find us on most forms of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Thank you again for your support, and remember, always go deep. All right, folks, welcome back to the world-famous GDP Go Deep the Podcast. I'm John Nothing Doe, and I know you can't forget us. On today's show, we are starting another new segment. I know we got a million segments. We love these people. We, we want to give them their own time to uh, lighten your life and make things beautiful before we get this bad boy started. So I want to remind you guys that uh, nobody likes uh, stink wrinkles and they don't like uh, hair in their mouth. So one thing you can do to solve that problem for that partner that's doing something so gracious for you, like really, if someone's going down south, if you get my drift, then that means uh, they really like you. So um, go to smoothmyballs.com forward slash go deep. Get yourself a discount on the ball smoothers, the bean bag cleaners, the tree trunk cleaners, whatever you want to call them. You're going to go to that website. And when you go to uh, uh, buy your product, you're going to see an area for a promo code. You're going to put go deep and you're going to save yourself 15%. That's right, 15%. And you're going to get the time of your life and because you're going to be courteous enough to make sure that that person isn't going home with a mouth full of pubes. On that note, today we're starting <laughs> a, this new uh, segment, and it's called Alan Smithy oh. Unpredictable, with uh, emphasis on dick. And Alan Yo, Smithy, how are you, buddy? No. Buddy, I'm fantastic. But let me tell you, uh, you're starting off like that. I thought this might be mofo segment. You know, when you're talking about that much dick... <laughs> I immediately think it's a mofo segment, but yeah, tonight, man, it's it's Sunday night. We're at the beginning of the spooky season. Yes. Not only is it Alan Smithy's Unpredictable, but tonight is Alan Smithy's Spooky Time Theater, buddy. Let's Ooh. let's go deep. Let's go deep in the things that scare you, my friend, because I want to talk about Halloween is my favorite season. I'm definitely spooky movie spooky tv show guy ghost stories uh, i live and breathe and eat ghost stories so let's talk about yes. john t- stuff that scares you let's talk about maybe not a specific movie or specific tv show but scenes or moments or or things in pop culture that have scared the shit out of you either in the last week or the or your entire life and I'm going to start off with by recommending a show okay. that my my partner and I, the uh, the lovely and talented Annie Hack, we just finished watching a show called Midnight Mass on Netflix. Okay. And Midnight Mass, if you haven't seen it, if you don't know that what this is, is absolutely terrifying. And it's not scary in the terms of jump scares, but it's this slow burn, methodical, creepy as fuck show um and i cannot recommend it more and i it, it got me thinking this weekend about moments in shows and movies that have scared the fuck out of me my whole life and i'm going to start off with going way way back to the late 70s early 80s to a stephen king adaptation that hit tv called salem's lot Salem's and I don't lot. know if you're familiar with this. Salem's Lot is a tale of vampires in a small main town that slowly take over the take over the town 
and a sheriff, a lone sheriff, tries to save the town. And the sheriff was played by an actor named David Soule, who was Hutch and Starsky and Hutch. Yeah. And I, I saw this movie when I was a kid, and there's a little scene in it where this eight-year-old boy is a vampire. And in this scene, he's floating outside of a window, and he's scratching on the window with his fingernails. And all you hear is the scratching on the glass. And they open up the curtains, and there's a tiny boy dressed in, you know, a dark suit with the pale face and the dead eyes scratching on the glass. And I've never been able to get this scene out of my head for the past 40 years, and it scared the fuck out of me. And it got me thinking. I got thinking about that this weekend, and after seeing the show Midnight Mass, about all the different moments in movies that have scared the fuck out of me. And there's tons of good horror movies. Oh, yeah. Tons of good um, yeah, thrillers. But, man, when you're a kid, some of the things that scare you as a kid just stay with you. So that's my number one. Okay. The kid in Salem's Lot. So take me back there, John. What do you got? What scared you? What movie or moment in movie or TV show still sits with you today that you saw when you were younger or maybe you saw last week you're like, I cannot get this out of my fucking head. Well, other than clicking on the wrong link for Pornhub, I did see... Dude, <laughs> there's, there, dude there's enough terrifying stuff on there that you go, what the hell is that? I'm not... Why are you recommending that to me? I'm not interested in that shit. Honestly. What is that supposed to be? i seen some I guy's head like going to some chick's like, Yoohoo, and I dude, mean, like, his head. Like, we're not talking about his baby's I, arm holding I an apple know. and i can't I, no it's a whole head yeah like i'm glad he shaved be, it for her like he did he oh, probably used sure. my code for 15 percent off at smoothmyballs.com but <laughs> obviously listen dude i'm from the i grew up in the 80s man i remember bush when i oh i remember <laughs> clearly and it's just it's like wow you know and and the first time i actually saw one that wasn't i'm like Huh. Yeah. Well, that's what it's like. And again, she was a foreign exchange student and it was like, huh? <laughs> wow. That's really interesting, but sure, okay. So you went from man, love and shag carpet to hardwood floors, did you? Dude, and I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. No. I'm, I'm equal opportunity. Whatever you got, bring it and I'll savor it. No problem at all, man. But uh, uh but again the movie yeah, shaving Shaving your balls is key, and use the promo code, get the discount, keep it clean. Everybody likes that first impression, right? especially when you drop your drawers. Yeah, nobody wants to be shocked by uh, your mohawk or your foof. You don't, or you don't want to see, like, is that like a dead animal you're hiding in your pants? Like, you know. I can't see the rest of you. It is 2021. There is more there, yeah. right? <laughs> right. Um, oh, but movie wise I have a movie yeah. and you know I remember bits and pieces of it but now when I think back the part that um, sticks with me is the part where and I, I mentioned this in the actually with um, Asher Moon last year when we talked about Halloween movies and the movie that scared the shit out of me the most as a kid was Candyman do you yeah, remember that man. movie uh, dude I uh, so I saw this movie when it came out in the theaters yeah, uh, Annie Annie Hack and I went to see it because we're both old and we've been together forever. 
And we went to see this in the theater um, and it scared the shit out of us. And yeah. we did not tweet. Like we made sure for the next almost six months that we stuck our hand in the bathroom and turned the light on before we ever stepped in the bathroom. <laughs> and I bet because you didn't say it three how, times. Oh no, 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 no. I still to this day won't even say the word. And yes. So we bought it. We, we bought it, uh, on, we used to have it on VHS years ago. And then we bought it because of your podcast talking about it last year. We bought it on uh, Apple iTunes. Okay. And we watched it, and that shit still holds up. Tony Todd yeah. is creepy as fuck. And again, Virginia Madsen, I've never had a problem looking at her for 30 years. No, no sweat at all. That woman is gorgeous. But yes. There's just something about the the like the idea of a modern horror movie, like. Cabrini Green, or well, what used to be Cabrini Green, Chicago, where the movie was set, you know, the the the, the projects, the areas of, of that sort of part of the United States that are so desolate and so depressed and so hard to live in, it's scary enough just existing there. But when you add a homicidal spirit yes. into the mix, you know, that's absolutely terrifying. And everything about Candyman is just... is just terrifying and again it's not it's not about the jump scares no but it's about the slow burn yeah and you don't know when you know the scene where the um virginia madison's character and her friend the the uh, her her uh, friend at school and they're walking around the tenement building and it's completely abandoned and people are like don't go there don't go there and they walk you know they open the door and they see the hole in the wall to the next to the next apartment I'm like, get the fuck out of there. Just yeah. absolutely get the fuck out of there. <laughs> so, you know, that Candyman is just one of the, Now, they've redone the movie, and I haven't seen... I haven't um, seen the remake. The remake, but the uh, the original, the OG Candyman is absolutely terrifying. And again, that scene where they open the door, um, it just, just scares the crap out of me every single every. time freaking dude time i'm gonna go i'm gonna go next with the shining oh i was thinking it was tossed up between those two so we have in our house at the very end of the shining uh there's a scene where the camera pans into uh a picture of a july 4th uh 1921 party and the picture slowly zooms in and you wind up seeing the jack nicholson's character is there and he's always been in the hotel as they keep saying over and over again you've always been here you'll always be here we have that actual black and white photograph framed in our living room i'm sitting four feet away from it right now that i love the shining yes for so many different reasons but again i don't consider the shining so much a horror movie but the creepy factor the the absolute eeriness when when the twins appear um, because I believe so strongly in ghosts and I believe so strongly in evil spirits yep. when the girls appear, but, but even more terrifying, it, it's the bartender. I don't know why, but when he walks into the, when he walks into the ballroom and you can sort of hear the music and then all of a sudden there's just the bartender there. Yep. Nobody else, but just the bartender that for some reason scares the fuck out of me because there's ghosts all over the place, but it's it's not the ghost 
that, you know, is coming at you with like a knife or even like a candy man. Sometimes it's the benign ghosts, like the bartender yep. that are so out of time and space that you're like, what, what? So that scene for me over and over and over again is the one I come back to. He sort of saunters into the ballroom. Then all of a sudden there's the bartender ready to serve him a drink. And I still get chills thinking about it. But yeah, The Shining Man. There's Such just, a well-made I, movie. Dude, and I, I got to tell you, I'm a, as I mentioned, the Salem's Lot, when I'm, I'm a huge fan of Stephen King. Yes. And, uh, but I, I'm a heretic in terms of the fact that I prefer the movie The Shining to the book The Shining. And anybody who's ever read the book, yeah, it's got some similarities, but the ending of The Shining, the book is just like, it doesn't compare to what Kubrick did with the movie. And Stephen King, to this day, despises what Kubrick did with the movie. And about 30 years ago, Stephen King had this whole series of movies he did with ABC TV. He did the Tommyknockers. He, he redid The Shining. He did The Stand. And he finally got to remake The, the Shining the way he wanted to with one of, the, one of the actors from the TV show Wings. Okay. Jack Torrance role. And it was just terrible. Like it was just, it was Stephen King's vision, but it just sucked balls, man. It was just <laughs> absolutely brutal. And in the book, instead of there being a hedge maze, there are uh, hedge animals um, on the property. And at the end of the movie, they, or end of the book, they come to life. Oh, shit. And it's so, it's, oh, man, it just doesn't work. It's so hacky and it's so. In any event, that brings me full circle to a movie that was released a few years ago called Dr. Sleep. Okay. Which is the sequel to The Shining. Oh, Stephen really? King, he got around to writing a book because people kept asking him, what happened to Danny Torrance? What happened? Did he grow up? Did he survive? Does he still have The Shining? Is he still haunted? And the book Dr. Sleep is a sequel to The Shining, and it is brilliant. It is people huh. who shit on Stephen King. Just sit down, shut the fuck up, and read. So Dr. Sleep takes place in modern times, and Danny uh, Torrance is uh, a recovering alcoholic, and he's middle-aged, and he moves to a small town to deal with his alcoholism. And it is just, and he's still haunted by The Shining, and The Shining still gets to him, and the ghosts of the, the hotel are still around. And in the book... And in the movie, which is exceptionally well made, there it follows a group of soul vampires who travel around the country in RVs and they literally steal the souls of people to feed their hunger. So they're not blood vampires, they're soul vampires. And there's a, there's a, a part in the book and a scene in the movie where they kidnap a little kid after who is just finishing playing a game of baseball you know, with his, with his little elementary school, and they murder this kid. Ugh. And the way he wrote it in the book and the way it was portrayed in the movie, how they they terrified this kid to death and sucked his soul out of his body is terrifying, man. So that sort of thing. And now, I've ever since I read that book about five years ago, I can't look at a group of RVs traveling down the road the same way. Because in the book, these vampires go from campsite to campsite they crisscross the country uh as a group three or four rvs and they find a place and they kill a few people and then they pack up and they move on 
and they cross the country and do it again. And ever since that, I read the book and saw the movie. I cannot look at a group of RVs oh, the geez. same way. And when, when Annie Hack and I are doing a road trip and we see some a group of like three RVs together, we sort of look at each other and go, yeah, that shit's real. So it's creepy, man. <laughs> but No breaking bad of, here, guys. No, man. To tie all this shit together, as I was saying at the top of the episode, on Netflix is a show called Midnight Mass. It's directed by a guy named Mike Flanagan, who also directed uh, a movie called The Oculus. I don't know if you've seen that. That's a creepy as fuck movie. And he also did the movie adaptation of Dr. Sleep. So if you like getting creeped out, go to your web browser, do a search for Mike Flanagan, and watch everything this motherfucker's directed because you won't sleep for a year. Wow. Creepy, man. That sounds what do you creepy. Got? What, I oh, like uh, I, I do like some of the modern day stuff myself and one yeah. series that I've kind of lost track with but I've watched it when it first started coming out was uh, American Horror Story and oh dude that creepy fuck that I love how every season is different yeah. and some seasons are better than others of course it's like everything else yep. but I yep. still think the first season was like the absolute like creme brulee of that series. Like, it, that that has so many creepy moments, and I got to tell you, that's again one of one of Annie's favorite series. That I I saw, I uh, so Annie and our daughter have watched every single season. Oh wow! Uh, from uh, the whole the whole series, and I started watching them with them for I think Apocalypse. Yeah, and then I watched 1984, but I had never seen the first one. The and, first one is the best uh, one. And he kept telling me, listen, we got to watch this first one. So back in the summertime, we were sort of between shows. And I said, fuck it. I feel like being scared. Let's watch the first season. And I tell you, man, you are right. That has just creeped the fuck out of me. Like the tying the maid. into the Columbine shootings, the mate. Oh, man. Talk about terrifying and beautiful all at the same yeah. time. I like oh my god just everything about everything about the show um the guy with half uh, a face and the guy yeah. with a half a face with the fire yeah the maid the the twins yes you know who got who got murdered in the basement um yep. you know jessica lang's character jessica lang is just one of these actresses who wears her realness on her sleeve and can be so so terrifyingly dramatic and so terrifyingly creepy just by being nice. So I don't know, you know, the scene in that, in that show that still gets me to this day is when they were recreating sort of the Columbine shooting yep. where, um, you know, the, the Jessica Lange's son uh, played by the great Evan Peters, who's this young actor who just, he can't do anything. Like he's just fucking great. He it. is it doesn't fantastic. Matter, doesn't matter what season of American horror story you're watching. He kills it, and so when he's when he's doing his sort of the re reenactment of Columbine, and there's this teenage girl and she's hiding under the hiding under one of the tables and she starts pissing herself out of fear. That scene gets me every time because it's such a you know it's not like you're running down the hall screaming. It's real. It's yeah. the kind of fear that really grips people, and yet people piss themselves yep. in fear. And dude, that still sits with me to this day. And that whole 
you know, like how real, you know, how real that was, how the real the Columbine was, or, you know, sad, sad things like Sandy Hook, how people are murdered every single day and have to live with this kind of truth here every moment of their life. So yeah, American Horror Story, man, just crazy. There was also that season, I can't remember what the title of the season was. The Hotel But it involved Election. I think it was called Election. Yes, 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 yes. And Oh my God, man, that was so so creepy as well. When uh, the kid had the 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 corny the clown doll, whatever the clown is, yeah, and had the clown doll. That just uh, absolutely just I don't know. Just that show is crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. If you've not now, watched it, you definitely need to get your TV remote. Go sit down and watch. And the one I want, I the season I haven't seen, I want to watch American Horror Story Hotel. Yes. Because I've been doing a lot of, uh, listening to a lot of podcasts and doing a lot of reading about the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles. Yes. And all the creepy shit that's happened. And again, I'd love to talk more about the Cecil Hotel, but it's one of these things I want to get Astro Moon um, uh, in with. I want to talk, I want to get Astra on the podcast and talk to her and you about the Cecil and all the creepy shit that's happened at the Cecil Hotel. But Definitely. I know that, uh, the American Horror Story folks uh, used the, the Cecil Hotel as the setting, sort of as the genesis for the season at uh, American Horror Story Hotel. And it's one of these, it's sort of next on my list to watch. Definitely. It's definitely Great. worth your time. You need to watch it. I think the hotel one is the one with Lady Gaga, if I remember correctly. It is. That's correct. It's the one with Lady Gaga. And and she's I did... such a great actor, right? I know, like, it's, oh. uh, yeah. She, she's she very hot in that too I'm just going to be perfectly honest with man you. it's crazy again I think the reason for American Horror Story's success is it combines two things that people love they love being scared and they love watching people fuck yes so porn <laughs> and fear together in a TV show works really really well absolutely and if you combine those two those two elements Boom. You guys, I think, you know, to go deeper about that, I think that's always been the, the allure of vampires because vampires combine pure sexuality with terror. Are they yeah. going to fuck me or are they going to kill me or are they going to do both? And I think that's always been the lure of, of the vampire stories, man. So when I think yeah. of uh, fear and sexuality, I always think of Hellraiser. I remember the scenes of like them Dude. going to like that dark like uh, mausoleum almost. I think it was like an underground Dude. like hell, and you just see oh like the God. the blankets moving around with the blood uh, covering all yeah. over the sheets, and you can hear the fucking. And yeah. the minute they open the sheets, there's nobody there. I Hellblazer was the next one I was about to. Uh, okay, to, so to I just walked you in. <laughs> Man, you walked me right through the door. The scene, the first scene when the guy twist the puzzle oh yeah and all of a sudden he's transported and all of a sudden before he knows it, he's got like fish hooks yeah in every part of his skin yeah I, I cannot get that scene out of my mind that terrifies me and it's like you know you don't he, he had no idea when he was twisting this box and playing with this puzzle that it was going to lead to literally the eternal damnation of his soul yep the gateway to but hell the gateway to hell but everything about pinhead Yes. Everything about necromancy just is terrifying because, again, it's the kind of horror that's not happening to you it's so much in real life, yep. but it's happening to your soul 
and it happens to you for all eternity. There's literally no escaping it, right? Because, you know, if it's if it's the sort of uh, modern horror story where you've got like a serial killer, whether it's a real serial killer or someone, you know, a fictionalized one like like um, a Jason or, or, or something Freddy like or that something on like Friday that. the 13th, you always have the sweet escape of death. But with Hellraiser, there is no sweet escape of death. Your death is the beginning of the horror and the torment you feel for all eternity. Yeah, that dude. Fucking hell, that's terrifying. Hellraiser Two is definitely the best one of the series, if I must say so myself. Oh yeah, that guy with Very the uh, I don't know if it was like something attached to his head, like it was almost like a yes. snake that was holding his head, and he was yep. just like, oh, like he was and like. I don't. I'm not really giving it justice, but like when they were crossing between both planes of like, you know, now and the gateway yep. of hell, and they're going in the hospital, yep. and they're just killing people, and oh, uh, and like the I was, Pinhead and all them were actually the good guys in that whole in that whole movie. It's it's terrifying to think of, but yeah, they were. They're the they're the heroes of that story, and it's just like no, I can't. Clive Barker, man, Clive Barker is just dark. He's just a dark, twisted guy and his stories like he is he is listen he really epitomizes that kind of taking horror to a new level and clive barker's stories are just absolutely terrifying like i don't know what gives this guy i want to know what gives clive barker nightmares because he's very very good at putting on the page Mm -hmm. and i remember john i saw hellraiser the, when I was 19 years old, I was living in, I was still living in student residence. I got my first VCR, this is 1989. Oh, shit. I, I, I got my first VCR, and one of the first movies I rented was Hellraiser, because I had friends say in college, you've got to see this. And none of them would tell me what really was going on with the movie. And I remember renting it. I lived downtown, renting it at a, at a video store that was on Church Street. I looked at the sleeve read the back and thought I'm in, I don't know if I'm up for this. And I, so I took it home, put it in the VCR and man, I have not been so scared in a long time. That, that movie fucked me up for a good week or so. Just, just terrifying. I oddly enough watched it when I was eight years old. Dude. Yeah. Dude. Eight. Eight years old. So if you wonder why, if everybody on the cast here wonders why I'm fucked up, that might be a partial reason. That's so, how did, <laughs> please tell me, please tell us and our listeners how this, how did an eight year old get to watch Hellraiser? Uh, my family was uh, very easygoing about horror flicks. They said, you know, like if I nice. could uh, go to sleep at night and it didn't cause problems for everybody else, then I was welcome to watch it. But uh, I can't lie to you. I think I shit my pants a couple times. But that movie was one of those ones that scared the shit out of me. The whole pinhead, that guy with the chattering teeth. Oh, yeah, the chattering teeth. Yeah, everything. Just uh, it's terrifying. So listen, your parents are not alone because uh, Annie Hack and I took our daughter to see The Shining when she was nine. Oh, wicked. Yeah, so the AGO in Toronto, if you're in Toronto, there's a, 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 an amazing museum called the Art Gallery of Ontario called the AGO. And about 10 years ago, they were doing a, a, a film series um, and art exhibits. And they did a series on Stanley Kubrick. And they had a screening of The Shining. And I said, we're taking our daughter to go see The Shining. She loved The Walking Dead at the time. She was eight years old, going on nine, walk, watching The Walking Dead every week. 
And I said, she's totally ready for this. And we took her to see The Shining. And she literally, John, she was like, yeah, yeah, okay. Really? Like, totally, totally. And in, in the year after that, I sat her down and watched, made her watch some of the horror movies that scared me when I was a kid, like John Carpenter's The Thing, Fright Night. And again, all these movies, uh, she went, meh, meh. So, it's the graphics. Yeah. Our young, our know. youngins are uh, are used to the the swell graphics they have nowadays. But the problem I find with anything kind of horror outside of the stuff that's been really uh, like really well maintained and produced properly with actual like thought, um, yeah. I find that most of it's just got l- little to no content. It's just trying to get you scared out of your seat, and it's just worthless, really. Yeah. But uh, Walking that, Dead, but... eh? I like I like Walking Dead for a couple seasons. I think. The first season was uh, really good because it was like, oh, shit, yep. nothing's ever like this. The second season slowed down. By the end, it got good. The third season was good. The fourth season, you're like, okay, how long are these motherfuckers going to be able to survive? <laughs> right? Like, I, am, am I wrong with this I thinking? Got, I got to tell you, I, you know, when we get on this topic of stuff that scares me and see, like sort of horror movie type scenes, there is a, an episode, I think it's the fifth season, uh, and it is where they, um, went, they got, uh, they went to Terminus and they got knocked out and they, they wake up and they're all lined up in front of the trough and oh, yeah. they're bashing the guys with the baseball bats mm-hmm. and then splitting their throats. That, that one episode, which is, I think the season premiere, maybe for season five is one of the best hours of television that I've ever seen. It just doesn't, it, the, you they the they pil- never they, comes off the gas. They ki- they uh they killed the pizza delivery guy. I love that guy. They killed the pizza delivery guy, right? Yeah. That I can't remember his name, too, but yeah, he was really good too. That actor played the penguin in a TV show called Gotham that came out about a year later. Solid actor, really good guy, but yeah, they killed the pizza delivery guy. I can't believe they did that. But that whole scene where they're just lining them up and they're knocking them on the head and Glenn. They're slitting their throats. And Glenn is just looking at that baseball bat, and he's looking at them getting the throats cut. And I just remember sitting on the edge of the couch, like, "What the fuck is happening here?" So, yeah, that that again, as TV shows go, that's always sat with me for the past, I guess, eight years now. That particular scene, I'm just like, "Wow, I don't," you know. Again, it's not scary, but it's thrilling, and it's one of these things at Halloween that really, really sits well with me. I but, think the yeah, the, walking, the second yeah. series, the connection to that series, uh, Fear the Walking Dead. That's a good one, man. That's a good series. I think I need to That's sit down and watch it again time. because I feel like I got lost in translation between the both of them, and I know at one totally. point they they finally split it up so they weren't like alternating Sundays or they weren't like every like yeah. every other week or different days. So I'd love to sit it down is. there and watch it again because when I first started watching it was good, and then when that season ended for that one, I just lost track of it. You know. It it's a it's an amazing show. I like it as much or maybe more than the original Walking Dead. And they really the nice thing about sort of its being its uh, its sibling show is they've been able to sort of do what they want under the radar. And I tell you, the characters there are only I think one or two characters left from the first season now into the end of the fourth season. Oh wow! And the show has completely morphed, and it's moved from different settings and different scenarios 
and different places. And it's just every season seems to be uniquely different than the other one. Whereas the walking dead just sort of carries on. It's the same vibe every single season. Fear of the walking dead, different season, different vibe, different everything, just utterly fantastic. I can't say enough about fear. Fear of the walking dead is one of these seasons that is characteristically or shows characteristically underrated, but so, so good. Now, I remember something so weird, good. and maybe because uh, I didn't get too far in the second season. <laughs> yep. But um, I remember there was like this one zombie in particular that was on the highway ramp when everybody was figuring out shit was about to hit the fan. And I, I don't know if it was like a daywalker almost, like a vampire daywalker kind of theme, but he like stopped yeah. and had like some kind of form of intelligence, and then the season ended, yeah. and then... I don't remember hearing anything else more about that particular zombie. So I don't know if that was like a once off and it was supposed to be scary or that they no, kind of left the door open for future episodes for that particular zombie. They did. And, and there's more, then there's more to that. Absolutely. There's more to that. Yeah. All right. And so we're not going to spoil like it for me. Half living, half living and half dead man. That's absolutely what's going on with that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they you kind know, of took a page out of blade and kind of made it into a zombie. Totally. There's another good movie. The First Blade. Yes. Wesley Snipes. Creepy, scary, and fun. And all together. They talk about the, the beginnings of the Marvel Universe. And, you know, people talk about, oh, yeah, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Fuck that. Blade came out two years before Spider-Man. Yep. And really kicked it off. And that was just a solid... Like I love me a good vampire movie. I the love blood bath rave story. is a starting scene, dude. Dude, when that when the sprinklers went off and the blood came pouring out of the sprinklers, yeah, just crazy good. And yeah, Wesley Snipes, top peak of his career, absolute peak of his career in that. Before and, uh, dodging the IRS, unfortunately. Oh man, yeah. And again, I don't know. So it's not terrifying, but it's hilarious. But my favorite show on TV right now is a vampire show called What We Do in the Shadows, based on the movies. Okay. And it's about three of the stu- well, yeah, three. Three of the stupidest vampires in the world who live <laughs> on Staten Island. And there's a fourth vampire. He's not stupid. He's brilliant. He's an energy vampire. So he just he goes into a room and he sucks people's energy out and you pass out. But these vampires are the stupidest vampires in the world, and it's hysterical. And in part of season one, they go to a vampire council, and they're surrounded and judged by other vampires from television movies, including Pee Wee Herman as the vampire from the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Oh, my God. And Wesley Snipe makes an appearance via Skype as Blade. What? Yeah, it's just, it's so hard to explain, but yeah, it's on FFX uh, here in Canada. What we do in the shadows, fucking guy, you will just love this TV. It's just the dumbest, they're the dumbest vampires you've ever met, but just a great show. Just a, a fantastic, it, it, it's just the sort of show, if you like vampires and you like horror movies and you like stupid people. It's all of that. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. I, what, you we know, do, what, what we do in the shadows, man. A brilliant. So one from back in the day that um, kind of reminds me of a modern day um, Black Mirror, except it was more like horror, alien-ish. 
is the outer limit. Blacks, dude, that TV show is great. Old school, bad graphics, but the storytelling yeah. is absolutely amazing. If you've not given it a chance, you're really not doing yourself a good service. You need to go oh, back man. and find it. I think it's on Amazon Prime right now. And yep. if, if it's not on Prime, then it's on something else for sure. But you do not want to miss it. It's an absolute gem. Every story is different. Um, there's so many different stories. And the narrator, whoever the voice yeah. is that narrates it, like this guy, yeah. I would love him to narrate a funeral. Oh, man. I'd love him to narrate the <laughs> podcast. Like, I tell you, so when I was a kid growing up in the 70s and the early 80s, the the Outer Limits, uh, Twilight Zone, and The Night Gallery just all scared the fuck out of me. Also, a TV show called Tales from the Dark Side that was in like 84, 85, just absolutely terrifying. Yeah, Twilight Zone, you know, just the whole mind-bending, just unbelievable. Yeah, The Outer Limits, just terrifying. But you know, you brought me up to something right now. So there's yeah. one I'm going to say. I'm going to say my last one. And I'm going to let you get... I want you to get the last one in there. But this All one right, here um, was fantastic. It scared the pants out of me. When I think it came out, I believe I was in grade six. Okay. I, okay. So I think that's what? Grade uh, 11, 12 years old. And it was it, Tales yeah. from the Crypt. And that Crypt Keeper uh show was amazing i and obviously yeah the crypt keeper wasn't uh anything to be afraid of but one episode in particular i remember it was about some skeptical guy that didn't believe in ghosts and he went to the most haunted place i think it was a hotel if i remember correctly it might have been a house anyways he went into this house and he was all skeptical he stayed there the whole night he's starting to get more and more freaked out as he goes along and never comes back out alive you see him get tortured and fucked with right and I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, my God. Every time I watched this show as a kid, my hair stood up on the back of my neck. And I knew it wasn't real, but I was like, fuck, the idea that it could be real just absolutely blows my mind. And every week would be kind of like a different horror horror flick with the tales from the, the crypt, right? So it's Dude, one of those ones you need keeper, to watch. I'm right with you on that. I cannot recommend that more. It's just those horror movie, those horror anthology series like Tales from the Crypt, like when I was a teenager, when I was when I was 11 and 12, 13, Tales from the Dark Side, they just, there's something about being that age and seeing horror movies and it just, it just, it's beyond, you're not really sure in life what is real and what's not real and it just, it, it grips you and scares you in a way that you just cannot perceive. And it just stays with you for the rest of your life. So yeah, I'm, I, I, totally with you on the Crypt Keeper man and that whole anthology series. It just, yeah, man. I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I just unbelievable. Um, yeah, my my final one. I gotta go with the thing. John Carpenter's the thing. Okay. So the there's just a scene. So the movie, for people that don't know what this movie is all about, it's about an alien spaceship that crashes in Antarctica and a team of uh, researchers stumble upon the ship and they they excavate the body of an alien and little do they know, but the alien is a shapeshifter. Oh, shit. And the movie, oh, it's just, it's, it's just terrifying. And there's a scene in... Uh, the movie where they don't know who in 
the room is an alien, who is a shapeshifter, and who is real. So they have guys tied up, and what they're doing is apparently the blood reacts to heat. So they're taking a blood sample from everyone, and they're putting a little bit of, uh, they heat up um, the end of a, a metal coil, and they take the heated metal coil, and they dip it in the blood sample. And if it jumps, if the blood sample comes alive, they know that person is the alien, is the shapeshifter. Oh, wow. And, and to this day, there's a scene where they've got three, three of the characters tied up, and they go through the first guy and the second guy, and they tap the thing for the first, and the, and the blood jumps up, and all of a sudden, the guy, and the, these three people are tied up in the chair together, and the one guy starts shaking, and he starts morphing and mutating into this giant monster. Uh, it's just, I've never, and I saw this movie when I was about 11, in my basement, in the dark, my parents did not know I was watching this. Oh, shit. And this scene still sits with me to this day and still one of the creepiest movies I've ever seen. John Carpenter's The Thing. Man, wow. if you haven't seen it, you will love it. Fantastic. Folks, before yep. we uh, so, tap so, this bad boy off, I just want to remind yeah, you, if you haven't already, yep. go to smoothmyballs.com forward slash go deep. Get the kit that's going to save your partner a whole bunch of coughing or flossing. Uh, <laughs> you, you don't want you don't want your junk to look like the werewolf on Halloween. You want it to look like pumpkin head. That's really what you want. You want it to be skinwalker smooth, you know what I'm saying? Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yes. Uh, folks, just a reminder, this is episode one of Alan Smithy's Unpredictable. Uh, Alan Smithy. This is on the dick. Yeah, and this is always on the dick. And we know with saying that, um, we're obviously going to have more sports mofo on the show. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to mofo and shout out to Astro Moon. Oh, fuck. Hashtag Donna, y'all. Uh, Yo. Thank you once again for uh, starting this up. I'm I'm looking forward to the weeks coming by to having Alan Smithy's Unpredictable on the Go Deep, uh, the podcast. We'll keep it going, man. And thanks to all the listeners for the for listening to Go Deep. Keep going deep. Thank you for your support for the past couple of years. Keep listening to the podcast. Keep downloading the podcast and tell your friends and write a review. Yes. Go to Apple iTunes and write a review. If you like the podcast, tell a few friends, get them to listen to it. You know they need to go deep. Definitely. Remember, folks, if you're not grabbing life by the balls, you're not going deep. Welcome back to the world-famous GDP Go Deep, the podcast, where we share our opinions like we have a clue. You can find us on most forms of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Thank you again for your support, and remember, always go deep.